0: Welcome to Created, Called, Courageous, a series of podcasts about our journey in manhood. Our purpose is to encourage men as we grow in spiritual leadership, in our lives, in our marriage, and in our family. We are Ben Harris, Daryl Mackey, and I'm Dave Hulse. This episode is titled The Call. This is a challenging piece of writing. Listen carefully to see if you agree with what you are hearing. And here is The Call. What is The the Call? call?
1: call? As men and followers of Christ, what is our call? And what are we doing to meet that call? For all of my life, I've heard the message, heard the call, and heard this stuff we should be doing as Christian men. Things like going to church, going to church, sharing the good news, news, and inviting other men out to church. Yet, if I'm being honest, I rarely have done this. Why? Is it because I'm not strong in my own faith? Or maybe it's not my gifting. Maybe I just need to be bolder as a Christian, or so I've heard. What I've come to realize is I haven't done much of this because I am embarrassed. Because I am embarrassed. Because I am not embarrassed, embarrassed of my faith, embarrassed. but embarrassed of what men might think of me if they actually took me up on my invitation and made the trip to church. Let's be honest minute. Do we as Christian men really enjoy church ourselves, socializing, socializing, singing, socializing singing, singing, praying singing, aloud, no 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 showing our spiritual side, sitting for near over an hour in our finest clothes, listening to sermons about how we need to be better. I think the truth is, not much in our churches really speaks to the heart of man. Men are looking for meaning, a true call to something larger than themselves, a way to leave a legacy, a way to win at life, like we do in the various games and activities men enjoy for leisure. Men want to live like men and change the world in the process. And so, if it all doesn't resonate with me who knows Christ, how could I ever feel comfortable to invite other men into this who don't know Christ? What would they make of it all and really what is appealing about them? this is the embarrassment i mentioned earlier maybe more than embarrassment is just the reality that i'm not even sold on what is being offered so why would i try to sell this to other men i've built genuine relationships with it just feels extremely disingenuous Perhaps because of this and because we don't have a genuine method to meet the call, we retreat and accept things are the way they are. We show up to church on Sundays and we do our very best to read the Bible every day. We tell ourselves we don't need to talk to other men about God, spiritual things or invite them anywhere. Just live as an example and God will do the rest. Yet, all the while we are living with the underlying feeling of emptiness and failure because we know we are truly heeding the call, or any call, that our hearts are hungry for, that we were made for. Does any of this sound familiar? Men, men, brothers, brothers, what are others doing? Brothers, brothers, brothers. In the film Field of Dreams, there is the famous line, If you build it, if you it, he will come, he will come. Let me ask you. We want a space we can feel comfortable as men, a space we can feel comfortable to invite other men who are searching, to be men, and to truly and genuinely heed the call we have to grow God's kingdom and save lives. Maybe the solution is just to build it and then He will come. What do you say? Will you join us in building a bridge to the men who unknowingly want and need Christ but will sadly never find him within the walls of our churches. Perhaps along the way, we also find our we true selves. our true selves. How God intended us. How God intended us. How God intended us. How God intended us. This is your call. This is the call.
0: There are some challenging words about the call we hear as men. I guess in my uh, advanced age, I take this very personally. I believe that I have a, a kind of a personal call. I know we all have a collective call as the church. I just really sense a strong calmness going on in my heart and mind. It's been there for maybe 10 years or so. My first question is this. Is there such a thing as the call? What is it? What does it sound like in men?
2: This is kind of where this writing or this message kind of came from was, for me, a feeling of kind of a lack of a call. We hear about examples like Christ going and calling his disciples and how they draw things and they just go, right? They go with him. And when I started to kind of sit back and look at my life, I was kind of feeling like, you know, where is that? And I I kind of a little bit of frustration and kind of a feeling of almost a little emptiness. Like, is this all there is what I've experienced so far in my life? And so that's kind of what stemmed a lot of.
0: You must have had a sense of a call, some sort of maybe an emptiness about it, or not knowing how it. Well, I mean, when
2: we say um, there's two different things here, right? There's obviously the call to follow Christ that mm-hmm. you know is why we're all here having these discussions. Feels like maybe there's something deeper that's kind of missing. You know, there, it almost feels like the format and the environment that most of us, at least I'll speak for myself, um, have grown up in. It feels kind of surface level, hmm. and I, I guess yes, it was more of that deeper calling. Um, that I was kind of searching for. Peter,
0: what do you think about the question?
3: Yeah, there's obviously a call that God has to his people, right? Do we have a call to other people, like go out into all the world, share the gospel, spread the good news, call people in to... church so that they can you know wear a suit and sit quietly and sing some high-pitched songs and uh there is a call from god and he's calling his children home right like the prodigal son so god is calling us through jesus through his sacrifice you know with repentance and calls to come back into the fold into the family so then we in turn are heeding that message and, and going and calling other people we're the conduits in many ways for God's voice to, to reach out to the world, to reach other men. So we want to make sure that what it is that we're calling men to is true, is real, is right, is what God wants us to be doing. Are we calling men into the church, or are we calling men to Christ?
0: Where does this call come from that Ben's talking about? Is this call from God, or is it from our church culture? I put it this way because at the beginning, Ben, you seem to be talking about a call from the church culture what the church is calling you to do for the church. Maybe it's not God. Maybe it's just the church.
2: I guess that's kind of a scary thought, that the church's call would be different. And and again, I don't know where that comes from, but our modern church that most of us are familiar with, it seems like the call is all inward focused as to serving. Of course, you know, right? We have outreach events. Ultimately, it comes back to, the format, the programs, uh, etc., that are offered in the church and how men can uh, take part in those, those things. So it feels like a self-serving kind of cause. I feel like we're being treated like children when we're in church.
3: Programming is fun and effective, organized, and ordered, yeah. and the kids love it. And I think church for kids, maybe it should be like that. I don't think church for adults should be like that. As an example, human's relationship with God I think has changed, you know, since Christ. If you look at the way God related to people in the Old Testament, it was really parent child, do what I say, these are the rules. But with Christ, I think God treats us a lot more mm. with a lot more sort of respect or it gives us more personal responsibility says, yes. listen, the, the one rule is simple. Just like love, live in love and go do and I trust you to go do. He doesn't tell you exactly how to do it. The programming aspect of church is important with kids. You treat kids differently, but we're doing it to adults and we're locking them in and we're making it ordered and there's no room
2: for that wild heart that men have. Well, it's funny it's funny you say that. Like yeah, this whole, everything you're talking about, it kind of makes me think of that story of the call of the wild and really it's about a, a dog, his name's Buck. he's like a house dog who's domesticated and he gets taken out of that environment, put into the Alaskan you know, wilderness, wilderness to, to go and lead a, a pack of dogs and ultimately becomes the leader of the pack. But it feels almost like we're doing something the opposite, right? We're going from the rawness of the world we're in and we're getting pulled in and become domesticated.
0: That's an interesting uh, word because I was thinking that there are, Number of people who I kind of want or enjoy being domesticated. In other words, what I'm saying is, I thought about this for a while. I think the people who attend church and love it, they are kind of people who like to be led. It's comfortable, right? I mean, you know, yeah, if you're a
2: leader, they, like to be led. they don't sure. want to make those kind yeah. of choices. I mean, it's the difference of, if we go back to that story, it's the difference of being in a nice, cozy house and being fed dinner every night mm. versus going out and hunting for your dinner and getting <laughs> it, right? But, yeah. um, you know, ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, where do we. Mm-hmm. As men.
3: yeah, Jesus gives us the metaphor of sheep. And I think in relationship to Jesus, who is the great shepherd, we should be like sheep. There's absolutely no reason to act like a goat or a donkey mm-hmm. to Christ. Mm-hmm. But we're not meant to be sheep to other men or to people or to situations. And that's where if you just want to act like a sheep and just be led, then you're kind of missing some of the point of, of being a man. I know you guys have heard the term churchy mm-hmm. And that's kind of what is happening in the church if you were to invite a friend to church you'd be like here come on in start learning churchianity this is how you dress this is where you stand this is what you don't say anymore right and it's like do we want to call people to churchianity or christianity no we want to call people to christ first corinthians 7 speaks to the heart of men how you should be when you're out and when you're coming in nevertheless each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the lord has assigned to them just as god has called them this rule i lay down in all the churches. Was a man already circumcised when he's called? Then he should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? He should not become circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. Each person should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. That is the key right there for me when I read that verse. Like we were talking about last time, if you're going out and inviting your friend who's who uh, rides a motorcycle or is a swashmuckler like, Or a wild mountain man, are you wanting them to stop swashbuckling?
0: There is a way in which our modern church does circumcise people. It's it's kind of the wild part of who they are, and that's not right.
3: They might even go a little farther than
0: circumcise. (laughs) (laughs) I just had one other thought about this idea of church. The actual word church is from the word ecclesia, which means to call out. Interestingly, the word call is there, but it's to call out of the world. That's what the church is. That's the word church, eglise, or eglise in French, Eglise in the Greek. So the people who are sitting in churches on Sundays are people who have been called out of the world, whether they like the program or whether whether it fits their needs or not. What I guess I'm seeing is the people who are in church on Sundays are people who feel called to come together for the purpose of worship. To me, that means if I invite my friend across the street who's not part of the called out people yet, They're not going to be comfortable with how that program works for those who feel called. So maybe that's part of the situation. Um, Ben, you said, or you began to ask yourself the question, why? Why don't you personally answer this kind of call about inviting your friend or neighbor to the church? Why do you not do that? You feel embarrassed about the church. Uh, And you mentioned some of the things that we do in church, and then you come up with this big conclusion, which I think is great. You say, I think the truth is, not much in our churches really speaks to the heart.
2: We've been going through these uh, different discussions about going on a journey, Mm -hmm. gathering men together, and and the fight, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. These are things that resonate with me and kind of get me, you know, wake me up, right? They snap me out of uh, of things. Mm -hmm. Sadly, um, it's it's not the message that I'm necessarily experiencing, and I'm not suggesting that the church should be solely giving a message to men per se. However, um, I do think something's been getting missed along the way some of this right and i think a result is that we do have many who you know go back to previous conversation are kind of throwing in the towel and accepting this is this is what it is right this is what this is all about
3: Mm -hmm. it's easy to find fault in things i'm not just about like because the the church is doing a lot of good things too and it's actually a very safe place in a weird culture Mm -hmm. safe morally safe relationally i don't think we're meant to be Mm -hmm. safe that's the problem i think church Sucks. I want to spit it out of my mouth. When I go to church, I'm not proud of it, but I'm nodding off more than half the time. I'm listening to these songs and I'm not feeling it. I'm looking for somebody who's gonna get up there and spit fire at me, Okay, that's what I want. I want the logos. I want the logos that smash me across the face and break me so that I'm God has to put me back together. I want you to understand that this is how I see the church today. I know your works and you are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm and neither hot or cold. I'll spit you out of my mouth. For you say I'm rich, I've prospered, I need nothing, not realizing that you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, so you can become rich, and white garments so you can clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come to him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I'll grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Rebuke, discipline, zealous, and repent. When I go to church, that's what I want. A church that's zealous, okay? I don't want a church that's asleep. I don't want a church that's going to do what the government tells them to do. And I want a church that's going to preach repentance and serious repentance. I can go to church every day for a year and no one will ever know if I have anything to repent of. What good is that? Men are wild at heart. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to be tamed. We are meant to be wild. I think the best place for a man to be is to have one foot in order and one foot in chaos. And When I say the church is completely ordered, they're ordering adult church like they do kids' church. You need to have locks on the doors for kids. You need to have pines that they can go. You need to have everything structured. We're not kids. I don't think churches today allow for any wild. I don't think churches today allow for any chaos. I don't think churches today allow for any danger, even in mission. I don't know if you can actually do a mission trip out into the world facing the opposition without facing any danger. Anybody in the Bible, that they all died. I'm not saying I want like our teenagers to go on a trip and die, but there's no risk. There's no reward. That's a very basic principle in life. There's a problem when things become completely and totally ordered. And the problem is death. There's potential death when you go into chaos. Because chaos is changed. Chaos is wild. Wild waters, wild jungles. They can kill But When you've got things that are perfectly ordered, they become like the Pharisees were. When you're perfectly ordered, nothing from outside can get in. And when you're pharisaical, you become so ordered that you can't even see Jesus walking into your midst. The other word that comes to me about
0: that is the word. When I read the scripture and when I think about my life, I don't want the church to control me. I want the Holy Spirit to control me. There's a big difference. You know, The Holy Spirit does take us into disorder. That's what men are for. I don't want to be in a controlled environment. Unfortunately, that's the order you're talking about, I think.
2: You mentioned something there, uh, Daryl, that kind of struck, struck me. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm taking it exactly how you meant it, but it talked about in, uh, in a controlled environment, how there can be death. Mm. Probably the worst thing that we could experience is kind of like that silent death. You know, how many of us have gone and we've gone into a men's Bible study? There's nobody saying anything. Everyone sits and they look at each other. Nobody knows what to say. Mm -hmm. We get to the end and we say, you know, who wants to close in prayer? Who wants? And it's like perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Feels like a silent death that's happening. And what's happening, I feel, is that men are slowly just starting to go find their call elsewhere, right?
0: You say men are looking for meaning. A true call to something larger than themselves. Uh, A way to leave a legacy. Men want to live like men and change the world in the process. So you're taking us in this this different sort of direction. And you're saying, how do we do this? But men are looking for meaning. We don't seem to find it where we are. And that's part of the call, the purpose, the meaning. Any thoughts on that? The reason why on a Sunday
2: you drive by a golf course and you see a whole bunch of guys out there having the time of their lives, right? Ask most men, would you rather go out on the golf course or would you rather go hunting, whatever it is that you enjoy, or would you rather go and sit at church? They may not come up with the honest answer, but we all know what they're feeling because we're feeling it too. Again, I'm not suggesting that we want to be like this mass exodus from church. I think just the opposite, which is why I wrote this. Is Mm -hmm. you know we want men in the churches, we want leaders, we want you know back to Daryl's point, we want men that are free, strong, and free, right? Um, And and that's kind of you know where we're trying to head with
0: this, right? This message. Yeah. If we go back to Genesis one twenty seven, where it says men were made in God's image and likeness, and male and female. It's interesting that the the male word is a Hebrew word, Zachar, Z A K A R, Zachar. And the actual Hebrew word means one who has strength, who moves into situations to bring order of disorder. That's the the, the essential meaning of male, is one who moves into a place of disorder to create order. So that's the idea of being called into these rough, tough areas. That's the wildness and strength of the man. That's who we are. That's Zachar, that's male.
2: I mean, everything I read in scripture, the stories, you know, when you go back to Christ, you know, walking on the waters and mm-hmm. then on the boat fishing, uh, these, these crazy stories that we read are exciting, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of excitement in them. Of course, it's more than just trying to get ourselves excited, but what we're talking about is something that's a lot deeper, right? Like it's deeper into the core of us. I'm not seeing in the scripture, unless somebody can correct me here, and I'm humbly asking for that if that's the case, I'm not seeing the format that we see in our churches displayed in the scripture, right? I'm not seeing that as the call for man.
3: Mm-hmm. So if you were to if you were to say like, hey buddy, come on to church on Sunday, it's gonna be great. There's the treasure of Christ is there, like un, untold treasure. You're gonna realize the you know, the meaning of, of life and the meaning of your purpose and uh, the whole uh unknown danger thing. Well we've <laughs> kind of eliminated that so don't worry. Don't worry, because there's no untold danger. Like do you do you guys see any untold dangers in the
0: Christian life? No, well, I think <laughs> I, I, as I think about it I I uh, really agree with what you just said. They're eliminated. We we create a very safe, comfortable place uh, so that we don't feel any threat or intimidation. Yeah, the the, uh, the dangers are eliminated. I think that's true. We even have AC.
3: Like, and, and listen, I can say that growing up in a church with no dangers, like, oh, I
2: want the dangers.
3: Do I really want machete wielding Muslim coming and attack the church? Because there's places where that's happening mm-hmm. right now. Do I want that? Like, is that what I'm asking for? I don't, I'm not sure. But we, we have we have none. When I look back in history at a very cursory view of the church for 2,000 years. I can identify, you know, potentially two times when I think that the church was great right after Jesus mm-hmm. when the persecution of the Jews or the Romans or whatever were very intense. And I look back at Acts and I'm like, wow, that is amazing. They're huddled in the room mm-hmm. praying like their life depended on it because it did. And the other time, is in the introduction of the new world where people were fleeing the church like their life depended on it because it did. Mm-hmm. And they came to America and they set up churches. And I think like what we have now is a, is a vestige of that. Mm-hmm. And I think what they set up being like pure and, and holy and true, and it probably was very similar to what we have now. But I think the thing that's missing is the connection to you know, that, that danger, what they were fleeing, the, the heart that's missing. Now
2: we are doing what they did, but there's no real zealousness yeah, yeah. to it, right? So, yeah, and I think for everyone listening and myself, the fact that most of us are kind of feeling a little uneasy about the danger you're talking about is a signal that what you said Dave is right, is that we've taken, we've made it so comfortable mm-hmm. that as we're talking like this, everyone's kind of like,
0: do I actually want that? <laughs> well, I think we just, let's pull us together at the end here because I think, if, uh, Ben, you give us a, a good direction at the end. and. I don't think that we're telling people that we we think they should stop going to church, but maybe there's a change needed, in our first of all, in our attitude. So I think there's a call here for us to build something led by the Spirit of God that looks like the kingdom of God.
2: Yeah, I think the big word there is the bridge. This isn't a call to leave the church. It's the opposite, right? We want to bridge what we're talking about into the church, right? We want to wake men up, start to come alive, bring other men, bring them in, and say, you know what, you can be yourself. You don't have to dress a certain way you can just come in and we can be free as Christ made us, right? And so I think that's what we're talking about here is building um some type of bridge to, you know, take care of this gap that seems to be happening.
3: I I think that what the two of you are doing with the gatherings that we've been having where men are getting together once a month in a natural environment, kind of on a rustic farm area and sharing some word having some conversation and, and I think it's good and I think the men feel it and it's it's definitely different than you know different than the things we're getting in, in the quote unquote church. I look at what we're doing like that's it. That's what we need. That is church. I think what, what you you guys are building with those gatherings in a rustic environment, what you want to add to it then keep saying like well, let's let's do something. Let's like while we there, let's build something or tear something down or just whatever, get bloody, get sweaty and it's like that's something that you trying to build. And if you do that, he will come. Who's the he? Jesus. Who's the he? The man that we're calling out to. Then. But I, I want to encourage both you guys. And I think what you guys are doing is the thing,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Is building the thing that will make him come. I'm actually glad to hear you say that. I, I agree with you. I think what we're doing is the church. I just want to say about, um, I don't know, a number of 20 years or more ago, my wife Lynn, and I started a marriage coaching in our retirement, early retirement, from teaching, we started a marriage coaching ministry here in our home. And I noticed in the first few years that um, a lot of marriages that were uh, struggling badly, um, the design for marriage was upside down. Men had kind of, kind of checked out, husbands husband had sort of checked out, the women were kind of in control, it was working the opposite and not working at all. And I d- decided way back then that we needed something for men outside the church and, and something for husbands where we could help them develop. You know, and grow as spiritual leaders in the home and in their marriage with their family and their own life. So, we started something called Oaks of Righteousness from Isaiah 63, uh, sorry, 61, verse 3, Oaks of Righteousness. The interesting thing about that, it started about 15 years ago, I think, or more. And over those years, people have come and gone. It's still still happening, and that's what Daryl's talking about. Uh, We're meeting outside in the farm environment, a really beautiful environment outside, and calling men to it. The ironic thing to me, is over the last 15 years that thing we call works of righteousness has never been acceptable in the in the church. It's always had to exist in a small way outside the church, and so we continue to do it. And I think it's it's at least it's one attempt, maybe the best attempt I can think of myself, and with Ben's help and Daryl and other guys, it is some attempt to build something that means something to the heart of men. Any uh, final thoughts?
3: I think if we're uh you know, if we're living in the last days, maybe we are, maybe we aren't. If time is short, we need to make a decision. Do we want to be somewhere that's neither hot or cold. Mm-hmm. Be somewhere where potentially God is going to spit it and us with it mm-hmm. out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Or do we want to be somewhere that is hot mm-hmm. for God, that is doing what is necessary for men to hear the call of God, and to come back, mm-hmm. to be men of God, and to do what God wants him to do it, to be zealous
0: about it. Absolutely. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And that to me is kind of the, the idea of the call that God has good things he's planned for us long long ago. And we are his masterpiece. We are his, uh, his men who are strong in the Lord. And so uh, this is Dave Hulse uh, saying thank you to Daryl and Ben. And uh, I'm saying thanks for you uh, listening, men, and we hope you're feeling encouraged, maybe challenged. We invite you to listen to all the created, called, courageous episodes in the podcast series. Remember this, in Jesus, you are loved, strong, and free. Goodbye for now.